country. It's episode three. Today is August 8th, 2020. We're going to talk about life, philosophy, politics, anything that comes up. We're going to talk about what's going on in the country. With me today, I'm very excited to say, is the first guest here on episode three of the podcast called The Country. And it is my son, Jackson Weller. Hello. Hey, what's up, dude? This is weird. It is weird. I've never done this before. <laughs> Have you? No. Nope. Well, it's a first for everybody. That's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah. So, my son, Jackson, for those that don't know, is how old? I'm 16. Going on? 17. Oh, Fact, 17 is after 16, Jack. <laughs> it usually is, yes. Uh, when's your birthday? September 27th, so pretty soon. Here. Pretty soon. Got any big birthday plans? Uh, not because of what's going on in the world, no. <laughs> what do you mean by that? There's something going on? Uh, well, not really the world. I guess more so just our country now, kind of seems like. Yeah, you're talking about COVID, right? Yeah. What's COVID? What's your COVID experience been like? Mm, it feels like the zombie apocalypse without the zombies. <laughs> well, there are kind of, well, yeah. Kind of. I see what you mean. Yeah. How, it, how do you mean? Like, what's your life been like? How's it been different? Well, I've had, like, what feels like a six-month summer, yeah. which is very odd. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, I did online school for the last part of the second semester, but it's it felt like summer. Yeah. It wasn't really, like, you know, it didn't feel like school. Yeah. And they definitely weren't prepared. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty crazy. And, like, not only, it's kind of like summer, right, because you're not going to school, but... Mm-hmm. You also can't go outside. Yeah, I can't really, like, you know, I'm not going to school, but also, like, it's not, there's not stuff going on, Yeah, you know, just kind of stuck at home, I guess. How do you keep yourself uh, interested, uh, or what do you do? Uh, Well, that's a good question. Mm. I'm looking for answers. I'm looking for suggestions. I mean, I just kind of go day by day. A lot of my friends aren't able to do stuff. Uh, I know a lot of people are, like, they're they're not allowed to go out at all really mm-hmm. which is i mean that would i don't know if i'd be able to do that i've at least gone out a little bit here and there but uh besides that just doing stuff around the house playing video games i mean mm-hmm. not much else to do really yeah what's the uh what's the big video game you're playing now uh well for a little while i was playing a game uh by riot games called valorant mm-hmm and uh, it was one of those things where, like, it was really cool at first because it was new and unique. But then as time went on, I kind of realized the problems with it and that maybe I didn't like it didn't like it as much as I thought I did. And more so was just into it because it was something new to do. Yeah. So as time went on, I kind of lost interest. Seems like that's a big thing with video games. Like, it's always the new thing. And- mm-hmm. And this is... Uh, I think the re- this one was like one of the worst ones for that because it, it was really built around like competitive integrity and it feels like it just isn't there. What does that mean, competitive integrity? I mean, I know what I think it means, but what well, does that mean in video game land? Well, you know, most video games are meant for entertainment. They just kind of, they come up with an idea and then they make it into something that people will enjoy so that they can play their game. But then there's another level of that, which is the competitiveness of it. Like if it's going to become an esport or something, something people compete in. And this is probably one of the first games that was created for the sole purpose of competitive. You know, a lot of games are like they make them and they want to make them entertaining and fun. Uh And then the second part of it is creating that competitiveness. But this was like they wanted this to be the next big thing in terms of competitive play. And so when you mean, when you say competitive play, you mean like professional esports? Yeah, like tournaments and yeah, Mm -hmm. esports. Do you, so you think that's a, a drawback? Like it should have been made more for fun and then maybe it becomes competitive? That's the better model or what? I think a lot of things, in my opinion, uh, it doesn't it doesn't flow. It feels very like, I don't know how to put it. It doesn't feel like it. Like, you know, big competitive, it's a 5v5 shooter. Yeah. So the biggest competition would be Counter-Strike. And that's been around for, first of all, 20 years it's been around, so they've had a lot of time to figure stuff out. Yeah. But not only that, like, it just, there's not as much BS going on. Like, in Valorant, people are flying all over the place, and there's a character that throws explosives at you. It's just like, 
it feels kind of cheesy. That's how I describe it a lot is it feels cheesy. Like I feel like one of the things that really bothers me and a lot of people is dying in ways that feel stupid and don't really, you know, it's like, why is this in the game? Why is this a thing? Yeah. Almost like embarrassing deaths. Yeah. Like I was, you know, I'm halfway across the map and some explosive came flying out of nowhere and killed me before I could even react to it. Where's the, you know, where's the competitiveness in there? There's no counterplay or anything. That's, yeah. that was the other big thing actually for me was a lot of the, cause it's a character based game. Uh, so every character has different abilities and stuff. And it felt like a lot of the characters didn't have counterplay to them. Like they would use their abilities or whatever. And it feels like for a lot of them, there wasn't a way to get around them. Oh, I see. So, like, if I use this particular weapon or whatever, you're automatically dead. There's yeah, you like can it do feels like it yeah. Uh, like for an example, is a character named Brimstone, and his ultimate ability is called an orbital strike, where he pulls out like a a a map of the map you're playing on, and he chooses an area, and a huge orbital cannon shoots down a laser in that area. Uh-huh. There's no counterplay to that. Everybody's dead. You just have to avoid it. That's the only thing. That's what I feel like a lot of problems are is the only way to play around certain abilities and characters are to just avoid it completely, which doesn't make for a very fun gameplay. Yeah, that makes sense. So what's the, what's, what's the number one game? Like, what's the thing you keep going back to? Like, <clears throat> maybe the best game ever. I well, for don't know, me, best game ever. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Like, the one you, you, you play Valorant for a while, and you're like, this is kind of boring, and then you go back to... It's always been Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike. Always. And ever it's since still Global Offensive, right? Is yeah. Is still what everybody plays? Uh, yeah. Came out in 2012. They've been... I don't know if they've been, but they said they're going to upgrade their uh, game engine, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of people have been looking forward to. Uh, it's supposed to come out late this year, but I think because of COVID, it's moving back. That's been weird, too, how COVID affected... I mean, everything, obviously, but especially the gaming world. You would think they could just do it at home, you know, because it is mostly online. But, yeah, a lot of stuff has been delayed and all sorts of crazy stuff because of it. Yeah, I wonder if there's, like, the systems they used to develop, like, aren't readily available at home. You know, like, I guess not on closed systems or afraid of people hacking yeah. it and Well, stuff. Valve makes Counter-Strike, and I'm pretty sure they most, I, I have no idea, but I think a lot of their employees work from their headquarters. Yeah. And so, obviously, that's probably not open. So, that would explain that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about it, but I do know a little bit about cloud computing. And I would think maybe they'd be concerned that if they put their code somewhere where you could get at it from home, that opens you up to hackers that could steal the game. Or That has happened to Valorant a lot, too. <laughs> really? Yeah, a lot of stuff has been leaked. Uh, like, yeah. characters that they want to release and stuff has been leaked early. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, if I had to guess, that's probably because, you know, they're doing mostly online now. Yeah. So, uh, so that's crazy. So it's CS:GO, and, and is that still a big competitive one, or what's the biggest one that people watch on like uh, esports and stuff? Oh, League of Legends, easily. Oh, really? Which is also by Riot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game's been out for like ten years, and uh, it's really weird. It's not a shooter. It's like a top-down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like Skylanders to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean the camera view and like yeah, yeah. and the way the characters move around the board. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. the same three D sort of angle. Yeah, so I've been getting into that game uh, recently, and it's very different from at least anything I've played because I've always been into shooters. So playing League of Legends was a total like slap in the face almost. <laughs> like <laughs> I had, I didn't know what I was doing, but yeah, they have been the biggest esport. I mean. I don't know the history of League, but for a while now. Yeah. I mean, they get their combined, their viewership is higher than, like, for World Finals, they get more than, like, the MLB and stuff. It's crazy. They are so much higher above everyone else. And it's probably because they appeal a lot more to, it's a lot more popular in, like, Asia and stuff, which is, you know, where a lot of the population of the world is. Yeah, right? Um, that's interesting. And, you know, I tried to watch, you, you know, I don't play much video games, obviously, but I tried to watch some of the, you know, when COVID started, they started showing, like, esports, like FIFA tournaments mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and I tried to watch that, and I <clears> still <throat> didn't like it. I can't get into it. The big problem with esports is that you don't understand what's going on unless you play the game. Yeah. It doesn't matter how dumbed down, simple the game is, you won't understand what's going on and what are key moments and what are going through players' heads and stuff unless you play the game, which is besides the whole getting it on TV thing, is probably their biggest, uh, like, problem that they have to try and overcome, is how can we, you know, 
how can we take esports and make it so your average sports fan can understand what's going on and actually be interested in it? Yeah. And I, like, I enjoy playing it, right? But watching it, it just didn't look like a real soccer match. Like I watched the FIFA one, right? And it, they were just like ping-ponging the ball back and forth all the time. You know, like all the passes were one Yeah, there was no like a... There's no like... Neutral. Yeah, or like, you know, some challenges and some tackles and stuff. Like it was all just ping-pong, ping-pong, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think a lot of that is just the way the game is designed. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, we used to play FIFA. It was never about defending... Yeah. Really, it was just about hoping your teammate would screw up a pass or something, <laughs> and that's the point. Like I liked playing it for that reason, right? But watching it, it's not. Mm-hmm. I guess I have an expectation that it's going to be like a soccer match, and it's not. Yeah, like last time I played FIFA, I played it a lot more like it was actual soccer, like trying to play more in the back line and stuff. And instead of just lobbing the ball down the field, actually trying to play it like it's a real game, like find an opening and pass the ball around stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. But you know. You, you do that for like two minutes, you realize, dude, I could have had like 10 shots by now. <laughs> Probably two of them would have gone in. Yeah. It's, it's a, crazy. Yeah. So I guess I want to talk more about COVID because I'm really interested to find out what it's like for someone your age, you know, because mm-hmm. like for me, I mean, people have all sorts of memories of high school, right? And some good, some bad. Some people really enjoy it. Others are like, I was so awkward and it was weird and, you know, so whatever, right? But uh, you know, being somebody your age that, you know, again, like you said, it started in March. That was like, what, six weeks into the semester? Mm, yeah, something like that. And you, and so you missed half of that semester. You're going to miss at least this semester. Yeah. Like, what's that like? Isn't it very odd? I mean, do you even feel like you're in high school? Like, no. Tell me how it feels. Uh, you know, it's a lot of people say they don't want school they don't want to go to school. They don't want school to be around. But then when it finally happened, it was really weird. Mm-hmm. Really weird. Um, I mean, especially with how big my school was. Uh, they just... The biggest thing to me was that they weren't ready. Like, mm-hmm. this... It all happened so fast. And, you know, they had to go to online school. And that was so clearly not thought about. <laughs> it was a joke. Right? Yeah, it was. I mean, I was pretty upset about it, as I'm sure you remember. But like, yeah, it seemed like you were online for like 30 minutes to an hour yeah. a day. And that's it. Yeah. Well, I think I, I did have an advantage because of the school that I used to go to. But even then, I mean, someone who'd never, you know, done like online school or really worked on a computer and stuff could probably still do it way quicker than the school would like them to or your teacher would like you yeah. to. And I mean, I don't blame the teachers. They weren't set up to, like, Mm-mm. they didn't have the systems. It seemed like a lot of them weren't real tech savvy. No. And that's not their fault, right? But, uh, yeah, it was it was rough. But it sounds like, well, I don't know if you saw. So for those that don't know, we're in Hillsborough County in Florida. And so uh, decisions are still going back and forth. So at first they had a vote, or mm-hmm. uh, not a vote, but... You could, you could elect to send your children back to school in the fall, and they had moved back the start date. It was supposed to be August 10th, which is Monday, two days from now. They moved it back two weeks, and they said you can send your kid to school or do a virtual or do permanent virtual. That's yeah. another choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody you know, sent in their response, and then uh, just this week, so that was like, what, a week or two ago? Yeah. And then just this week, they said, actually, we're not starting live school for anybody for a couple weeks, like until September. And then on Friday, the state of Florida, the Department of Education, Mm -hmm. sent them a letter saying you can't do that. They're not allowed to push it back? They're not allowed to not have live class. So in other words, uh, you know, I can pull up the article, but uh, the the leader of the Department of Education of Florida sent a letter to Hillsborough saying, you're not following the plan. Our plan said you have to give students an option to go to school. And if you don't, you're going to lose a bunch of money from the state. And that's because they're public schools, right? Yeah. I mean, like, so technically the Department of Education of the state uh, has jurisdiction over all of the county schools, yeah, and can say this is how you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Or, well, they can. I think I'm not 100 percent on this, but I believe the local school boards can still say, "Screw you, state, we're not doing that." But again, 
uh, the state sends them a bunch of funds, a bunch of money, yeah, and th- the state can then say, well, then you're not getting this money. Yeah, I think they can like opt in or out to do stuff, but the school board doesn't like that, and so they will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll have repercussions for it. It's crazy. And, you know, to me, like, I'm like you. Like, I, I think a lot of kids, you know, there's certain aspects of school that probably most people don't like, right? Like mm-hmm. having to do homework or... Uh, working in a subject that you're not interested in, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. But, like, until it's gone, you don't realize that there are parts of it that you do really like, right? Like seeing your friends, mm-hmm. spending some time, going to the class that you do like, where you really like the teacher, and yeah. it's a cool class, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's like you don't realize it till it's not there. No. I mean, <laughs> there's, you know... This has never happened. Anything even close to this has never happened. I mean, at most, we might have had a couple extra days for a hurricane or whatever, but never, like, an extensive amount of time. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, nobody in the country's ever done this. No. Well, maybe, I don't know what they did, like, you know, because you see stuff now, like uh, the flu pandemic in 1918, and, uh, you know, I don't know what they did with schools at that point. I'm not sure. So it's possible it did something like this happen, but not in the... Not in in my memory, right? And I'm 46, so it's it's a while, and I don't think anything like that happened with my parents. Yeah. I and wonder what happened though, like in World War II, where the kids. Well, even if that did happen, I would assume they just don't have school altogether because obviously they didn't have technology and stuff, so it wasn't really a choice for them. That's a good point. That's so a good point. They didn't, you know, they so couldn't do like, online school. So you're just like 15 year years old in third grade. <laughs> well, I would. Uh, I don't know if this is still a thing, but I would think they'd be like. Uh, during like World War Two or whatever, if they miss however many months off, they just like take away their summer or whatever yeah. and make them go to school during then. It'd be interesting to find out. Maybe we'll look that up. <laughs> I don't think they'll do that now, though. <laughs> I don't think so either. Um, so I'm curious. Like again, I think this is cool to talk to you at the age that you're at, and you know, it's a very interesting time and it's a very interesting age to be. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, what's your earliest memory? <laughs> what's the I have first thing memory. you remember. I do too. Like I have trouble remembering much from my childhood. Well, the problem is that I can't remember when stuff happened. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could give you a couple things, but I couldn't tell you like how old. I, I could give you an idea, but I couldn't tell you like what year it was. That's okay. Right. What's an example? Maybe it's not the oldest, but it's like it feels like it could be. <sighs> wow, that's really hard. I honestly have no idea. Um, when did we go to Maine? So the first, well, how many times have you been there? Uh, we took no you, more than, I think once. No, you've been there more than once. We okay, took then you it's when no more were, than two. Yeah, we, we took you when you were little, little, probably like, I would say three to five, somewhere in there. Is that when we had the massive snowball fight? No, this was okay. In then the summer. second time. <laughs> yeah, like like we have pictures of hiking and stuff. It's no, the I don't. I remember that at all. Um, so yeah, so the second time I think was uh, in the winter at mm-hmm. cousins reunion, and yeah. that would have been you're probably seven or eight, somewhere in there. That's... How old is do you know? How old is Hannah? She's like 10. She right? wasn't alive then. No, she right? was a baby. Oh. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to time it. Then, yeah, so it was probably... It's like 10 or 12 years, I so, think. I feel huh. embarrassed. I don't know how, how old my cousin is. <laughs> we have a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would guess like 10 or 12... How old are you now? You're 17. So, uh, yeah, I would guess 10 years ago. Yeah, that's the furthest back that like I know for a fact I can remember. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I mean, it, everything's just like a blur. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do you remember, like, uh, when you were pretty little, you had, like, a motorized Mustang? Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Or, that... like, driving a big wheel? Do you remember driving a big wheel? Mm, I remember, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but but that's it... not, like, a memory to me. That's just, like, something I did. Yeah. Like, I could, like, my brain could piece that together because it's just like I'm driving a mini car, right? Yeah. But it's not like a full on memory that I have. I see. That's interesting. So that's seven or eight. That's pretty late. I was, ho- I was thinking it was going to be like three, four years old. Or something. I, no. 
Yeah. I couldn't tell you a thing I did at that age. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. What about, um, so let's flip it the other way. What about the future? What do you, what do you aspire to? What do you see the, your future like? Like, say, what do you think you'll be doing 10 years from now? Oh, I have no idea what I'll be doing. I yeah. know what I'd like to be doing, but I... What? Uh, well, I would like to work at Valve. Valve? Yes, Valve you Software. All you Valve engineers out there. <laughs> Jackson Weller, Tampa, Florida. Okay, why? Uh, well, the big thing... Well, there's a couple of big things. One of the reasons is I have kind of, you know... I have kind of grown up playing their games and stuff, mm-hmm. which has definitely had a big impact on me. But one of the things that I really like is kind of like Tesla almost. They're not so much about, you know, making the present as best as they can be, but looking to the future and how they can innovate with new ideas. And, you know, they're, they're very forward thinking, mm-hmm. I think. Like I was watching an interview with uh, Gabe Newell, who is the co-founder of them. And uh, he was talking about, obviously, all this VR stuff is still just starting up, and they're still figuring that out. But he was already, you know, he was saying they're already thinking about, like, this machine that literally connects into your brain. Like, you put on this, like, mm-hmm. cap, and it connects to your brain and stuff, and it's able to, like, fit, like, really make you there. Mm. And that just made me realize, like, you know, I like people and companies and stuff like that that aren't just so much about what can we do now, but, like, what's something we can do in the future that we can get started on or something? Yeah. I have so many things I want to say about that. So the first is I think you should find uh, write Gabe Newell a letter. (laughs) Seriously. I don't know if he would. Dude, I'm 17. I want to work at your company one day. What should I be doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think he would reply. Well. Uh, We'll see. (laughs) We'll see what you do. He's a little busy. (laughs) But um, uh, there's so many stories like that of people that have done that, though. Like written letters yeah. to wherever they want to like, work? Yeah, like, for instance, Phil Mickelson, when he was a kid, he was right, he was, uh, he, he's right-handed, but he plays golf left-handed, and it just happened that way. Huh. Just as a kid picked it up that way and started swinging that way. Yeah. And there's barely any left-handed players in golf. Or and, in anything. And, yeah. And he uh, and he wrote a letter to Jack Nicholas, who was the biggest, he was the Tiger Woods of his time, mm-hmm. and said, hey, is it okay if I keep playing left-handed? Mm-hmm. And he got a letter back saying, yeah, it's cool. So he's still left-handed. Anyway, I, I think it'd be cool. You should do that. And I no. bet you he would, what? I mean, there's no reason not to, I guess. <laughs> you might be surprised. But uh, it's funny. What I also was thinking about is uh, Elon Musk is working on the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of the company. It's another one of his companies that's working on uh, brains. Open AI. Is that what it is? Uh, I know they're working on AI. It might be like brain interface stuff too, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's interface stuff. Yeah, it's I, think, I think it is that. open AI. And um, he was on Rogan. He was talking about it. And um, it's cool. Like they're starting with, which is really smart, they're starting with people with such brain defects Mm-hmm. Such severe brain defects that, <laughs> for lack of a, he didn't put it this way, but uh, it doesn't matter what you do. Like if you screw it up, it doesn't matter, right? Because they can't function anyway. Yeah, you're not harming them. <laughs> you're not harming them, and and so they're gonna start with that and try and like cure the issues through interfaces with with technology. Mm-hmm. But um, he said this thing. He was talking about it, and he's like. And ever since then, I've been, it's actually funny because it frustrates me. So he was like, you know, think about working on your phone and typing. Think about how slow that interface is between your brain and that phone. Yeah. Because he's basically saying, look, this phone is already your appendage, mm-hmm. right? You do so much with it, it might as well be connected to your brain. Yeah. Because if you do connect it to your brain, think of how much faster you can get thoughts and ideas. You just want to Google something. You just think about it and boom, it's on your screen, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to, ah, oh, damn, where is that? You know, like, yeah. which I do all the time, <laughs> as you know. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to get the phone to work. And every time now that I think about it, I'm like, Musk, where's, <laughs> where's my brain interface? You know what I mean? Because yeah. I would go for it, mm-hmm. if it if it was deemed safe. And um, yeah, so I think that's really interesting. You know what I mean? Like, think of how intelligent you might become if you're connected to a computer that can process shit faster than you can. Yeah, but then wouldn't that mean just everyone's super intelligent? <laughs> like, everyone that has it, obviously. Right, right, because it'll cost like, a lot well, of money, I'm sure. Yeah, but, I mean, if you and I both have it, 
there's really no difference in intelligence at that point between us. Well, yeah, no, I didn't. I wasn't thinking of it that way. Although that is, you know, can be a huge advantage. But um, just like what we could accomplish oh, as yeah. people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like if you can, you know, if you can uh, marry uh, an advanced supercomputer that just processes information. 10, 15, 100, a billion times faster than your brain yeah. does currently. Mm-hmm. But you're still sort of the, you know, you're the observer, you're the controller, you're hopefully using it for good rather than evil. This could turn quickly into a bad superhero it... movie. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, think of what you could, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, in terms of like, uh, like pushing, like, I don't even know what the right word is, but, like, human innovation and stuff and, like, pushing our race, like, further into the future, it would definitely accelerate things. But in terms of, like, getting a job and, like, normal, you know, social stuff, Mm -hmm. like, if I'm in a job interview and I have that and the guy who's, like, also in the interview for the same place with me doesn't have it, there's no way... Yeah, there's no way he ever has a chance against me. And Mm -hmm. it's not because I'm smarter, it's because, you know, I have more money than him, so I bought it or whatever the heck it is, you know? Yeah, I mean, because that, I mean, that begs the question, too. Like, if, if that's the case where just a very small amount of people have it, you're not, not going to need a job if you have that thing. No. you'll just, like, destroy the stock market. And you know everything. <laughs> and have as much money as you this want. This guy instantly. invested in Bitcoin, like, 30 minutes before it blew up. <laughs> that's kind of weird. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It's, um, it's an interesting thing. There's a lot of dangers to it. Oh, yeah. You know? I, uh... It's. I think it's more so scary and could be definitely more harmful than yeah. it might be good. Yeah, I mean, and you think about a lot of the... Uh, Frankenstein comes to mind, right? Like, that was a story about a lot of things, but also about man trying to leverage science in a way that they thought was good and ended up being bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jurassic Park is the same thing. I mean, the story <laughs> is over and over, right? But, yeah. But... Uh, it's funny because as much as we tell ourselves those stories over and over... We keep uh, striving towards it. And, and really, we don't fuck up in that way. Excuse my French. But, you know, like, there hasn't been, you know, some sort of catastrophic event. Like, even, like, nuclear arms is a good example. Mm-hmm. We created these things. We could destroy the entire Earth. We haven't done it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they haven't been around that long. It's been... Well, Hiroshima and Nagasaki were 1945. 45. So how long is that? It's 50, 75 years. It's yeah. 75 years. That's a pretty long time. Not it's in the like grand a, scheme of things. It's like a whole person's life. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but not in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I guess we could blow up tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and you know, that is interesting that I just think uh, advanced technology hasn't been, I wouldn't even call this really advanced yet considering the things that we could definitely accomplish. But it hasn't been around long enough, I think, for something like that to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people are terrified of AI taking over the planet or whatever the heck. I mean, that stuff's not even around yet, so how could yeah. you? You can't be scared of something that doesn't exist yet. Don't get me started on that. You know, it's funny. <laughs> AI is one of those buzz- buzzwords in business now. Yeah. Every product is AI, mm-hmm. you know? But and none it, of it is. None of it really is. I mean, like, I'm, you know me, I'm a traditionalist. I'm a, uh, a person that believes in, in a clear definition of what things are and what they aren't. And to me, artificial inte- intelligence is the Turing test, right? It's if you were put into a room and talking to this thing. Would you know? Would you know if it was a human or not? Yeah. That's the test. Yeah. And none of, we don't have anything even close to it. Yeah. You know? No. I mean, you might be able to trick somebody. But Someone really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that. But long term, I mean, like, there's nothing like it. There's no, uh, like, I'm not even sure. And look, I'm no computer programmer, right? So I'm kind of just saying what I think. But I'm not even sure that the uh, that an algorithm itself can be conscious, can be intelligent. Yeah. It's just a... It's just a recipe, and the more and more, you know, uh, complex you may, I mean, I'm sure there's tens of millions of code in some of these programs, yeah. but it's still just an algorithm. All it takes is one weird question, and it has no idea yeah, what to no, say to you. Cannot compute. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day, because uh, in my room, I have that Amazon Alexa, and I don't remember what I asked it, but I asked it something, and it just said that it couldn't answer it. 
And I don't know if it was marketed as an AI or something close to that. It's like personal assistant. Yeah, but I just found it weird that like, you know, it can only answer what it's pro what it's asked to answer. To, yeah. yeah. So I was thinking like how many things can it answer? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell it to play music and stuff easily, but if I were to actually have a conversation with it, it would last 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I'm not sure that the way we've developed software itself is can ever be artificially intelligent. That is not to say that I, I could imagine some other way of developing software that isn't algorithm-based that could become intelligent. Mm-hmm. But I think it would have to go through like a lot of the development and, quite honestly, um, evolution that we did. You know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. took billions of years. And, yeah. You know? All these things, but um, I don't know. It just doesn't... How do you create something from scratch that just learns everything? Yeah. It has the ability, I mean... We're talking about Jarvis. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or Ultron. We're talking yeah. about Ultron. Like, yeah. you know, you could argue humans are that, but we're only able to process and understand so much information, whereas AI would learn everything it hears and sees. There's no such thing as it not processing what it sees. Yeah. How do you create something like that. that's capable of that? Yeah, and it's like, uh, so I've heard Jordan Peterson talk about this from the psychological aspect of, of sentience, consciousness, artificial intelligence. I roll them all together, but some people may, you know, separate them. But uh, like even when they started to try and use visual things with robots, right? Like just getting the, the vision of, Am I looking at this microphone in front of me? Am I looking at your face? Am I looking at the wall? Like perception? Across, yeah, like the resolution uh-huh. is very difficult to teach anything. Oh, and yeah. And to make a robot do. Mm-hmm. Like, it is pretty amazing some of the robots they have now, like those dogs and stuff. But, yeah, but I mean... But still, it's totally programmed. Like that thing yeah. is not going to play chess with you. No. You know? it and could... then there's a thing that can play chess with you. But again, that's an algorithm. Yeah, it's taught by someone to you know yeah. know when to make what move depending yeah. on the board. And I think in some ways, I've heard of them like teaching it to teach, they call, or teaching it to learn, they call it machine learning, but it still seems like just a process that they've put it. Well, it is. Yeah. There's no way it's an AI. Yeah. But then I look at it the other side, like then, you know, I listen to Sam Harris and he's a brain scientist type guy and he's, he thinks that we don't really have free, free will. Like everything is fated to happen. And then, Hmm. you know, from that sense, if you think that way then maybe it is a lot easier to create artificial intelligence if we really don't have a lot of choices and things are just sort of destined to be the way they are, you know? Yeah, but I don't know. That's really difficult to answer. Mm -hmm. Because then at that point, it just becomes, when is it going to (laughs) happen? Yeah, the singularity, as they call it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you is we talked about COVID and how crazy things are, but I'm curious, like, where do you get news? How do you know what's going on in the world? Uh, my parents. <laughs> and then when it, I mean, I never trust it, but I, if I'm being honest, most of the stuff that I pay attention to is just from like Twitter and whatnot. So I don't, it's Twitter. Yeah. And it's not even like news news. It's just stuff that I'm interested in. It's like people commenting on news. Yeah. Or like if you go to the search bar on Twitter, it shows like a bunch of stuff that's going on and. You know, normally that's where I see stuff. Besides that, I don't really go out of my way to look for news. I don't think it'd be really hard to find someone my age that does, honestly. Yeah. Do you think the news is bad for you? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's pros and cons. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's just straight up bad for you, but yeah, it certainly can have an effect on you. Yeah. I've been a news junkie my whole life, since I can remember, and... It's it's gotten to the point where I kind of feel like it is bad for you. Like I can't give it up. You know, I'm always going to read the news. Yeah, it's hard like, too. I uh, I feel like it's just manipulated to oh, get yeah. people pissed off and you know get eyeballs to watch their commercials and you know mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like yeah, a lot of it now is just uh, especially like the most popular like political news channels are just you know they're not interested in telling you their news they're just interested in getting you on their side or making you trying to believe what they believe blah 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 yeah totally yeah so i wanted to share this actually with you which i think is pretty crazy so um this is a producer you know uh, on uh msnbc Mm -hmm. and she just quit and uh 
So she writes, July 24th was my last day at MSNBC. I don't know what I'm going to do next exactly, but I simply couldn't stay there anymore. My colleagues are very smart people with good intentions. The problem is the job itself. It forces skilled journalists to make bad decisions on a daily basis. (laughs) You may not watch MSNBC, but just know that this problem still affects you too. All the commercial networks function the same, and no doubt that content seeps into your social media feed one way or the other. We are a cancer and there is no cure, a successful, insightful TV veteran said to me. But if you could find a cure, it would be it could change the world. So yeah, so she's basically saying that she hates her job so much, I'm quitting, even though I don't have another job. And the whole reason is we're a cancer. <laughs> that's a I'm sure they didn't like that. It's a pretty big deal, right? And, yeah. And uh, you know, there's other people like Barry Weiss did the same thing at the New York Times recently. She was a big editor there and just left because of the culture. Andrew Sullivan, who's another really good columnist that I love, left the Atlantic and started his own thing. Matt Taibbi left Rolling Stone. I could go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Which in some ways I think it's good, right? Because finally, very big people, people that are known in the news culture and you know are very influential are saying, enough, I'm out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's still, you know, just worrisome because like, I mean, I get online with folks that I don't agree with politically and we can't even have a real discussion because we believe different things are true. Yeah. You don't all have the same information. We have different facts. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not my fault. It's not their fault. It's not my fault. It's, It's this whole thing that we do. Like, I feel like there's this huge space for somebody to come along and just like do real objective news i'm surprised that hasn't happened i know but there's so much money made by not doing it like in other words like if the news is boring and it doesn't get you all ginned up you get less ratings yeah (laughs) nobody clicks you're not saying the crazy outlandish stuff yeah and think of like clickbait right like that's what it is it's online too right like Mm -hmm. if the headline isn't you know this guy's an asshole (laughs) and Mm -hmm. let me you know like if it isn't make you go oh wow i want to see that it doesn't click yeah. And that's where all the money is, is clicks and eyeballs. So mm-hmm. it's like this game that's set up to just keep tearing these two sides apart. Yeah. You know, it's insane. Yeah, it's kind of a, they're like stuck in a loop almost. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like you just said, you know, someone can come and make one of these news outlets that just gives you the hard facts, the stuff, you know, no sort of bias or anything. But then you're not really... Unless you're someone who's really interested in that kind of stuff, you can't pique the average person's interest by doing that. Yeah. yeah. Which then doesn't make you money because you're not getting the viewership or whatever, and then you're not able to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know how to fix it. And that's, uh, you know, people hate Trump, but that's what he does. Like, he's really good at that game. Of right? piquing people's interest. Yeah, right? and like, just uh, like half of what he does is offensive on purpose, mm. I believe. Oh, yeah. Just to get eyeballs and clicks. Like, um, there was an example where he came out, uh, I forget if it was last week or the week before, but he, he basically tweeted, hey, maybe we shouldn't have the election in November, right? And people went apeshit, and rightfully so, right? Like, it was a stupid thing. But that was the same day that the news on the economy came out and showed that our economy, which they measure in a thing called GDP, is gross domestic product. Mm-hmm. had dropped 30%, <laughs> which is 20% more than it had ever dropped before, yeah. including the Great Depression, after World War II, <laughs> Jesus. all of that. Three times as much. Wow. So I believe that he did that stupid thing, which was, you know, one of the things he does is get people ginned up about, you know, stupid stuff. But I think he did that, so the story wasn't the the economy dropped thirty percent. Yeah, you see that a lot now. Is something bad happens, and whoever was involved in it comes out with says something dumb, or you know says they're gonna, you know, they just say something crazy to try and take the attention off yeah. of it. Yeah. It happens you all the time. Pay for it. Yeah, like ten you know ten weeks later, that person's back in the news, and we pretend like that never happened. Oh yeah, people forget stuff. That's the other problem is people forget <laughs> stuff so quick where that actually works somehow. Yeah, it works because uh-huh. the news cycle is so fast and we forget about everything. And it's just we move from crisis to crisis to crisis to crisis to crisis. And it's because of technology. It's so easy to, mm-hmm. you know, the news knows everything now. Yeah, I, uh, I forget where I read this. And I read this probably 10 or 20 years ago. 
so, uh, but it's believable, even though I can't source it, right? So it went like this, is you see more information in a single day than uh, Leonardo da Vinci saw in his whole life. <laughs> and you think about it. So he lived before uh, the Enlightenment, before. before there were printing presses, right? Mm-hmm. So like you literally, if you wanted a book... Some Someone had to write it for chapel you. chapel had to write it for you. <laughs> yeah. They were so expensive and so hard to find. And if you had five books, you were a rich man. Uh-huh. So think about that. Like, he had probably a Bible, you know? Like, maybe a few other books. I don't know. But that's all he ever looked at or saw. Yeah. You know? Letters back and forth with people, mm-hmm. you know, maybe. That's it. That's really weird. Isn't that crazy? You could go on Wikipedia and read more. <laughs> Imagine you know if he was like alive now. Yeah. What would he do? He'd be yeah, like he'd that just, AI guy. I'd have a I'd have a heart attack. I mean, are you serious <laughs> with all the stuff? I wonder about that a lot too. Like what like big people in or maybe even just anybody. Like what if you took somebody from what was Da Vinci, like twelve hundreds, I think? I forget. But somebody from five hundred, a thousand years ago and dropped them airdropped them into this world. What would it be like? I don't... Would you even be able to function? <laughs> I mean, it's it's like more than a different planet at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. If you brought me... You know, if I went to Mars 500 years ago, and then today I went to Mars again, it, you know, it'd probably be the same. It wouldn't be much of a difference. But if you, you brought me to Earth 500 years ago, and then brought me here after that... Oh my God, the amount of differences, you wouldn't even be able to process it. It's pretty crazy. And like, the, I mean, there's a million differences, but the one I always think about is like you and I live a better life than the richest king that lived 500 years ago. Oh yeah. I mean, you just think about like sanitation, disease, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like food. Mm-hmm. Think about food, dude. Food back then was. We can a, just take our little magic machine and click, 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 and food appears. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, could the, could the king of England in 1600 do that? No. You know what I mean? Like, he was just scrapping to survive compared to us. Yeah, it's insane how far we've come and how crazy everything's become. It really is. It really is. And you don't realize it because, you know, no one lives to be 300 years old. <laughs> not yet. Maybe we will. <laughs> I sure hope not. That's look, the other weird thing. You're going to look like a dinosaur. Well, that's the weird thing they talk about. There's a there's a futurist guy at Google. I forget his name. But he talks about like downloading yourself into the internet. <laughs> oh, my God. And he thinks that'll be a real thing. I forget how far, but it was less than 100 years, you know? Like, like just, just living in the internet? When you just copy yourself and live forever, and maybe someday they'll invent uh, an automaton that you can just download yourself into that. And then be living again. Isn't I don't that know crazy? If I, I don't know if I'd want that. Do you know you know who Ted Williams is? I've heard of him, yeah. Baseball player? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hitter yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Babe Ruth better, but um, they they froze his head. They cut his head off. I've heard that. froze it. Why? For this type of thing. So when they figure out how to bring him back to life. They're going to bring Ted Williams back to life. Yeah. I don't understand how you That's bring insane. a frozen corpse back to life. Yeah. That was the theory. You see Captain America or something? <laughs> Well, yeah, they did it for Captain America. But how would that... Because his brain isn't... It hasn't been working for I know, however long... I, yeah, I mean, he's not going to... Even if it's frozen, how do you... There's a difference between transferring your conscience to a different body and literally bringing someone back to life. Because yeah. with Ted, they would be literally bringing him back to life. And see, I don't even... I don't personally believe, and obviously, again, I, what do I know, right? But I don't personally believe that if you... Tr- transferred your stuff into the internet like they're talking about that it would actually be you no there's no way yeah i mean again it's the bits and bots the algorithm problem right like ones and zeros to me is not what we are no i don't know well some people think it is well in terms of dna maybe yeah but that's not totally who you are Mm -hmm. but you could like you could probably like a shell of yourself you know, like a like kind of like a general idea of who you are, what you're interested in, I and mean, all that. It'd be something. Yeah. And maybe it'd be something very much like you, but, but I don't think it's you. No. You know, I think there's something that we have that goes. You know, when this body goes, oh, yeah. I don't know. 
It's a crazy question. Kind of reminds me of, um, you know that movie, The Prestige, with mm-hmm. uh, Christian Bale and Hugh yeah. Jackman? Mm-hmm. If anybody has never seen this movie, you should stop listening now because I'm going to ruin the end. <laughs> so in the end, you know, the trick is he keeps um, creating, he's on stage and he runs this machine and suddenly he's in the balcony. Yeah. Like, within a second, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the real reveal is he's actually creating a copy of himself and and the guy on stage is actually killed <laughs> and there's a new copy of him because there's like a test like the actual scientist tesla is involved in this and helps create this thing so yeah it's, you know it's a fantasy but he's he, he creates a copy of himself and and he dies and so is that copy you? Mm, you got to lose it something. Yeah. I mean, they play it off like it is. Like, he has all the memories and everything, but I don't think so. I, there's no <laughs> way. I mean, you'd have had to have lose, lost something. One would think, right? I mean, there's no way. Yeah. And especially the Ted Williams. I mean, that is insane to me. Yeah. That is literally bringing someone back to life. That is not transferring their conscience. Their conscience has been dead for, I mean, I don't know when yeah. he died, but yeah. he's been, his conscience died a very for long years. time ago. I don't remember when, but yeah, yeah. it's years. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And it could be 100 years before they figure out how to do it, if they ever do. Why did they... That's so, I don't know. It's strange. I have so... Why him? Where do they keep it? Like, it's just so weird. <laughs> it's, it's this, like, service. Like, this company that Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's, like, cryogenically frozen or something. So you could make the argument... That wherever you go after you die, if you do go anywhere, he is waiting to be brought back to life. Yeah, that's another question. What, <laughs> what happens, like, if you believe in heaven and he's in heaven... Does he get taken away? Does he get sucked out of there and put back... Hey, man, uh, I hate to tell you, but you gotta go. You're just hanging out with Ted Williams and suddenly he just disappears. <laughs> Where's Ted? <laughs> Where did he go? They send and, him to hell? And then you wake him up on Earth and he's like, Shit, why did you do that? I was in heaven, you know? Like, what the hell? Does that mean he will? Also, does that mean he will n- know what happens after you die? Because uh, obviously, no one knows that. Yeah. But if they bring him back to life, assuming he has some sort of memory of it, he will know what happens after you die. There's a lot of good questions. There's too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm. Uh, we're coming up on 50 minutes here, which will be the longest the country podcast in uh, the country podcast history. <laughs> So I thought we would end with a series of questions. Okay. Have, have you ever watched uh, Inside the Actor's Studio? No. I love that show. we got to watch it together. But he would end every show like this. And it's actually uh, 10 questions that came from a French TV show called Bouillon de Couture, <laughs> hosted by Bernard Pivot. Okay. So they're good questions. They're just interesting questions uh, that kind of get, get to know who you are. So... The first question is, what is your favorite word? My favorite word? Mm-hmm. I did this. There's so many. There are. Like, my favorite word. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't even know how you would... I don't even know how you could have a what's, favorite word. What's a word that excites you? An idea, a concept, uh, <sighs> something you like to say? Anything. That, I, I seriously can't answer Just that. Just come up with a word. Uh, first thing that pops in your head. I have like a thousand words in my head. <laughs> What's one of them? Uh, intelligence. Nice. What is your least favorite word? <laughs> uh, huh. Dude, that's such a weird... I've never even thought of that. Don't make it about word. Make it about concept. What's your least favorite concept? My least favorite concept... Um, unintelligent. <laughs> That's a cop out. What turns you on creatively, spirit, spiritually, or emotionally? Music. I like it. What turns you off? Mm. Hmm. Like what puts me in like a bad mood? Yeah. Uh... The news. The news. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be tough because it's with your dad. The last ones weren't? What? The last ones weren't tough? 
Uh, this is going to be tough because your dad's here, but Uh-oh. he's already used a few of them. So it, Oh, it my favorite okay. cuss word? Favorite curse word. Oh, there's so many good ones. Yeah. I mean, you, the F word, man. <laughs> You're what allowed can, to say it. Yeah. F- fuck? All right. What's, uh, what sound or noise do you love? Huh. Um, like, do I love... Tapping, I guess. Tapping? Like on like wood or like glass or something. Oh, you like that? I guess. I don't have any glass or wood. This is this is glass. That's interesting. I guess. What sound or noise do you hate? Oh. Uh a lot of people's voices bother me. Does that count? Yeah, like a weird voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um well this is strange because it's but uh what it should say what profession other than your own, but what profession would you like to attempt? Uh, I mean, there's a lot I'd like to attempt, uh, but mainly probably like, uh, game development or something, something Mm -hmm. like that. Okay. What profession would you not like to do? (laughs) So many. Uh, nothing in politics. Nothing in politics. I like it. You're on a political podcast. That's (laughs) cool. Well. (laughs) And this is the last one. If heaven exists... What would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Would I like to hear or would it be something funny to hear? Because those are two, I have two different answers. It's open. Give them both. What okay, would you well, like? the funny one would be, how the hell did this guy get here? <laughs> what would I like to hear? Yeah. Uh, mm, I don't know. Maybe like I have nothing. <laughs> I'm so bad at answering stuff like yeah, this. This did not go so well, but that's okay. <laughs> How about welcome? <laughs> that's so plain. I want something a little more interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, I never even no, I never even really thought of that before. Yeah, that's interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, we're not going to solve the challenges of heaven and what might happen when we get there, but nonetheless, this has been the Country Podcast. I want to thank my special guest. Thank you for having me. Jackson Weller. And uh, peace out, everybody. See you.